Yes, I'm Dutch. Dyslexia, audio transmission. Welcome back to Dis and That. This is Donald Ewing of the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. We have had an unintended break for the last 18 months. Something to do with a global health crisis that you may be aware of. But we are back and delighted to be able to share some more insightful and inspirational conversations with people about their dyslexia. We actually had some recordings from last year that had been waiting in the wings. So we're now able to share these and this episode features Pip Carr, who is dyslexic and is the author of the children's books, The Sea Rabbits of Greystones and its sequel, The Return of the Sea Rabbits. As well as a published author, Pip has uh, been a regular visitor to schools around Ireland, talking to children and young people about dyslexia and about her writing career. Uh, You'll hear Pip in discussion with colleagues Amy and Michelle who were with the Dyslexia Association of Ireland at the time, but are actually now in other exciting roles elsewhere. So we hope you enjoy this episode and look out for more episodes of Dis and Dat in the coming weeks. Welcome to Dis and Dat, the Dyslexia podcast um, from the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. My name is Amy Smith. I am the Information and Advocacy Coordinator here. We have the lovely Michelle Kinsler with us as well. And we are very, very excited about our special guest today, who's Pip Carr, who's a children's author. And I, for one, cannot wait to find out all all about uh, Pip and her experience around dyslexia. Hi, everybody. So I'm Michelle, and I support adults with dyslexia here at the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. And I'm very excited to talk to Pip Carr today about her um, children's books. I think it's children's books, you're right, Pip. Yes. So we're going to let Pip kind of tell a little bit about herself um, before we start delving into the hat to ask questions. Absolutely. Yeah, Pip, would you mind just kind of giving us a little bit of background, a little bit about yourself and then uh, your work? Yeah, sure. Um, Obviously, as you can tell by the accent, it's not a Dublin accent. Uh, We moved to Ireland just over 20 years ago and we moved to Greystones. Now, I don't know if you know, but Greystones got the highest amount of authors anywhere in Ireland. (laughs) So it's obviously a magical place. Picturesque. It is beautiful. Um, I had a a West Highland terrorist. He wasn't a terrier, he was a terrorist. (laughs) And we used to walk up and down the beach and it was so beautiful, there was nobody about, we saw seals, we saw dolphins, and I just thought, this is a great place to write a book. Um, I was racking my brains trying to think what, what I could write about, and then one day we went in a field and we saw rabbits and hares, so I thought, ha, light bulb moment, rabbits. Um, but I didn't just want them ordinary rabbits, these were special rabbits that lived in the sea and swam in the sea. So that's how the story sort of got off the ground. Um, it took me a year to write 53 pages and when I go round to the schools and tell the children that it's, I always get a <gasps> sharp intake of breath. Um, it's just obviously being dyslexic, it's very hard. Um, you get great ideas. Unfortunately, they come in the middle of the night and you forget about them. So <laughs> it, it takes a lot to sort of remember and write things down. And when I write things down, I have to be very careful because uh, my writing is so bad, 
I have to print everything out now okay. to make sure that I can actually read it. Wow, uh, that is, yeah. it's so interesting and it's such an unusual um, kind of career for someone with dyslexia. I think a lot of the time when I give parents courses, people are always interested in kind of what careers people with dyslexia can do and what careers they can't do. Yeah. And I'm always like very loud in the fact that I think that there's absolutely nothing that people with exactly. dyslexia can't do. Yeah. Um, but you have like the wordiest of careers. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, um, how it sort of got started is when I was at school, I had a, a fabulous teacher called Mrs. Tinkler. She was quite old but having said that she'd be about my age now so she was very young exactly um, <laughs> and friday afternoon she'd always read to us and the book that got me was stig of the dump by clive king and i just fell in love with it my imagination ran wild and that was how i got my weirdness of love of books um on the flip side of that i was actually doing a radio interview in ireland and the presenter didn't actually come out with the exact words, but it was the way he worded it. It was sort of, why do dyslexic people read or write books? And I was absolutely fuming, but obviously you can't yeah. really get angry on the radio. Mm, and yeah. I just said, well, you know, dyslexic people most probably like reading books. It's difficult. I mean, I, I read books. I love books. Different ending. Yeah different scenarios it's great i can read the same book about four times and it's different every yeah. time so yeah. it saves me a fortune <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think there is that um yeah. like strange like that person felt they had the right to question your career exactly. choices when you're very successful in your field yeah. um as if you were going to say oh do you not think so oh i'll leave it there <laughs> yeah. i won't, oh, I won't, won't do this <laughs> You kind of spoke a little bit uh, there about school. So I suppose uh, a question that we like to ask is um, kind of when did you find out that you were dyslexic or kind of an, and then when you did find out, what did you think it was or, you know, that kind of stuff? Well, back in the day when I was at school, it wasn't known or it was very, very rare. Mm. So it wasn't until I was in my 40s I found out and I was working for a college. I was uh, a travelling tourism lecturer and the college was really good, they wanted you to progress and do exams and I was doing a course and my course teacher called me in one day and said are you dyslexic? And because I was at college I did know about dyslexia and I went I don't think so so obviously they went well we think you are so off you go go and get tested so, uh, so that's how I found out in my late, well about 40s, mid 40s so me being the stubborn sort of person I am, uh, many years later I thought, okay, I'm not stupid, I'm not slow, I'm going to do the hardest course I can think of that I was really mm. interested in, and it was psychology. Um, really interesting, loved it, but they do statistics. Yeah. yeah. Oh my That's God, I hated <laughs> yeah. statistics. Can imagine. Couldn't get my head around. I'm terrible, I'm always reversing numbers. But I, I actually pulled an all-nighter. I feel so sorry for these young kids who pulled all <laughs> It killed me. Did the exam the next day. Waited and waited. Got the results in the end. I just passed. I just got two marks to get a pass oh, on well statistics. Done. So I was delighted. But the best thing was I got distinctions and merits for the other bits. So Amazing. yes, happy Brilliant. days. Yeah. And I, I'm the sort of person that it doesn't hold me back. 
and I like to prove to myself to do different things. Doing the psychology course, I then went on to a furniture making course. So I'm actually qualified furniture maker. You are the most <laughs> random, <laughs> random, randomly talented yeah. human being. Qualified yeah. furniture maker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the reason I know well, I sort of know the reason about that is I was a real tomboy when I was a, a girl. <laughs> when I was a child, and I just used to love making things with wood. Yeah. I think that's uh, the creativity, you know, because of the dyslexia. So I made a greenhouse out of just wood. It was only wooden post and a wooden frame. Put plastic over the top and we had a real strong gust of wind and the whole thing collapsed. But <laughs> I was really, you know, I yeah. was only, what, 12, yeah. 13? Yeah. I was really pleased with myself. So I think that's where the furniture making comes wow. from. So, so yeah. So have you made pieces of furniture? Yeah, I made my husband, because we're of that age when we have... Um, record players uh, I made him a, a cabinet so the top comes up and the record players in the top cool. there's places for the CDs the CD player the amps and very cool yeah oh, so I, I love Chinese Japanese style so I did it lacquer black and then there's a big yellow sun with the sun rays oh, wow. coming out so, sounds lovely so, yeah. so heavy though oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> In terms of when you were kind of, when, when someone mentioned the word dyslexia, um, I think a lot of the time, Michelle pr- probably knows this a little bit better than me, um, you know, that I was diagnosed when I was quite young. So mm. I was seven when I, was, when I found out I was dyslexic. So really it was um, a word that I had had all through my life. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes adults feel a little bit differently when they kind of get that word in their 40s and... and um, kind of what was your initial did you think oh that makes sense or were you relieved or how did you feel about it I was actually relieved because I was always in the slow group um, all my school reports say that my reading and writing was way behind my peers and I we used, I guess you used to have them spelling tests we used to have them Fridays mm. we have oh, the spelling yeah. test book mm. I hated it so you get 10 spellings and you'd have to learn them and I would practice and practice, and come the day of the test, I'd get two or three right, good day, five day, five right. And the teacher would say, you're not practicing, and yeah. I really was. Yeah. So I'd get told off from a spelling. Um, I then devised this cunning plan, because I thought, right, I'm getting <laughs> sick of this. <laughs> so I thought I'd make my writing so bad they wouldn't be able to read Very it. Good. Genius. <laughs> you know, you sort of like eight, nine, ten. Listen, Pip, we've all been there. We've all smudged the pencil in the hopes of disguising an extra E or a B somewhere. But then I'd get told off because my writing was so bad <laughs> and my spelling win. was so bad. And then it got even worse because we learned to write with fountain pens. Yeah. And I'm left-handed. You know where this is going. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The smudge. So I get told off for spelling, bad writing, and then the smudge. The so it didn't work. I thought it's a good plan. <laughs> yeah. Hey-ho. <laughs> and kind of finding that out then, did you feel for a second where you were like, oh this is what it is and this yeah. is the words that I have to describe yeah, it, it, kind of. it was a big like a stone was off your shoulders it was yeah great okay and now I can go forward and, and prove to more to myself rather than anybody yeah. else because everybody sort of around me my family and friends have been great but it's just to prove to myself yeah. 
that I wasn't stupid or slow, so off I went. Now, Pip, I'm sure you will appreciate that we have decorated our hat for your arrival with little bunny rabbits in honour of your book. So Michelle is going to have a rummage around. She's going to pick something out for us. Okay. <laughs> Sound effects. This is a very soft hat. <laughs> it's the fur. Okay, Pip. Uh, could you tell us about... Um, so we were just talking there about when you found out that you had dyslexia and you said your family and your friends have all been great. So... Has there been one person who has been the greatest support or what have you found to be the greatest support around dyslexia? I think my greatest support is my husband. He's been absolutely amazing. He's uh, always been so supportive of anything I do. Um, I actually I was invited to a school to talk about my book, which was just up the road in Greystones. And was talking about dyslexia and that's how it sort of ended up with me going around to the schools and doing the talk so he's always been totally and utterly supported um he is a genius at english so he sort of helps oh, me that's great, yeah. and he looks at when i'm writing a book he'll look at a chapter and, and he'll say what on earth what are, you, <laughs> what are you trying to say there so we, we discuss it and oh right okay yeah. so then he'll tell me what to write it's great or, even in-house proofreader yeah yeah Brilliant. it's great very good he's very good yeah very lucky that's interesting as well so like what we always kind of like to ask like what does your dyslexia look like so kind of what way does it manifest itself where do you have your area of difficulty things like that that's a really good question um it's like when you know that you've got to wear glasses and say for example in the distance you can see something but you can't quite see it um, and it's like that you can see a word there but you can't see all the letters and you walk nearer and nearer and then the fog comes in mm. and all the letters just start jumbling around um, say the T-H-E uh, it could be Z Y, P yeah. anything it's yeah. just it's like you want to go over, you want to go and get that word, but it just, just out of reach. Yeah, I think that's a really nice visualization of it as well for people who kind of struggle, um, with with reading and writing as well. Is that it's just very close, and sometimes you know that you know it. Yeah. But it just it just isn't it isn't clicking in. I think which is which can be very difficult and very frustrating. Is it like that sensation of having the person's name on the tip of your tongue where you're like? I know it, yeah. I can see it, I can feel it, I just can't find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and do you think, um, you know, when you're writing your uh, your book, what was the kind of bit that you were struggling with? Was it uh, kind of getting what you wanted to say out on paper or, yeah? Yeah, it was. It was quite difficult because it's a children's book as well. You have to remember that children don't know what I call big words. Mm. Um, yeah. So you have to sort of break them down get smaller words but obviously with the dyslexia I didn't really know a lot of big words you know we stick to the little ones so yeah things like that were quite easy uh, and then again on the flip side it can be quite hard to try and make it interesting for children as well um, and just keep the words little and the sentences small so when you're talking about children and going around to the schools, do you talk about your dyslexia with yeah, the children? Yeah, I, oh, I, I really enjoy it. I, as I've said, it started because one of the teachers contacted me and then I thought, oh, this is a good idea. So 
I contacted a few of the schools and they invited me. Um, I talked to them about when I was at school, basically what I'm saying to you guys, what's happened, um, and that I do like reading and mm. it doesn't put me off. And I just enjoy going around talking about the dyslexia. Had a case where there was one. I went to one group, then they were all dyslexic, and one little boy had just found out, and he actually came up to me and said, "Is there a, can I go to the doctor and take a tablet?" Oh, I, yeah. I'm like, I was nearly crying because yeah. it's so upsetting, and I went, "Well, no, it's it's with you, yeah, for yeah. life." But then I said that that you've got superpower. So, or you will get superpower, and I have to be a bit careful because I don't want them leaping out of windows. I know. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the <a> risk. <laughs> yeah, hate, yeah. My son actually did that. He actually jumped down the stairs one day. Oh dear. And yeah, on my birthday, I'd been oh, drinking, gosh. and he got a big egg oh, on his God. head, and we had to go to the hospital. And I'm sure they must have thought <laughs> I'd him, and I was drinking so. Yeah, he pretended he got superpowers. He's dyslexic. That's actually that's He's dyslexic. Yeah, okay, so yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's actually a question um, that we like to ask as well. Like if 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 there was a pill to take it all away or a vaccine or something like that, would you take it now? No. No. No, never in a million years. I it it's me. It's part of my makeup and I wouldn't swap it for the world. Even even at school, I hated school. Did everything I could to get out of going to school, including putting my mum's red lipstick all over my face, <laughs> pretending I've got measles, um, you know, just stupid things like that. What yeah. age were you when you did I that? I can't remember. That's I, I remember. I really wanted you to say 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just stupid things like that. Even the bad teachers. Um, one in particular was a maths teacher, and he was just so horrible. He was obviously retiring and just had enough teaching absolutely horrible um yeah i'd go I'd, I'd go through it all over again yeah i think and i do think that's nice i mean we've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half now and we haven't had anyone who said um that they would take it away well, we've had people cool. who said that there was at times when the roughest times yeah that they would have taken it away but now in hindsight where they are where they are now um, that there's no way they take it away because really the payoff of it is, you know, much, much greater than the difficulties that it they is, have with it. It yeah. is, definitely. We always think, and we've had conversations ourselves here, and I know I definitely think that dyslexia is not really... The issue the issue is the system that yeah, we're trying yeah. to operate within and that's the education system so if you could speak if you had somebody um i won't say held captive i will say <laughs> you had their attention <laughs> no let's go with held captive <laughs> somebody who was very influential and could make difference and could make things happen and uh, what would you say to them i i'm not a qualified teacher so this is just my my thoughts really but the the system is so regimental it's all writing um writing in tests i personally feel that there should be more visual um things to, that should be done for dyslexic people because we are well a lot of the dyslexic people are more visual so they should just change the system slightly uh, even get 
people who are dyslexic into separate groups and teach them a different way of learning. Reading and writing is, is horrendous, um, especially when you're young and, and you know you've got dyslexia. It, ju it just makes your whole life difficult. So visual, visual and I'm making things, mm -hmm. you know, like, like I say, I'm not an expert, but when you're a child and you do the building blocks, mm -hmm. something along those lines to... Other ways yeah, of other ways learning, of, Yeah, not, not just mm -hmm. reading and writing. Yeah, I think that's really important as well because I think that there's huge um, kind of research that suggests, you know, that lots and lots of people, not just people with dyslexia, but lots and lots of children learn in different ways and processes process information differently and really kind of from our research and what we've seen like that there's not changes that are made to classrooms that will help dyslexic kids that won't help other kids exactly. generally the way that kids with dyslexia learn is beneficial to everyone because they're more they make more sense they're easier to understand they're usually brighter and more kind of child friendly so yeah you know making changes that really as you said like more hands-on things learning things in different ways um, is something that really could benefit all children as yeah. opposed to just children with dyslexia. I mean everybody's different some are academic and some you know you get carpenters you get people building houses plumbers mm -hmm. electricians we all need these sorts of people and it's like I say at school it's just regimental it's just work writing and reading yeah you could get authors who are also carpenters pip you kind of mentioned there you know when you're speaking about how classrooms can be made maybe a bit more dyslexia friendly and less kind of regimented um, was there a teacher that just like got you, even though they might have known you were dyslexic or understood a lot about dyslexia? Was there a teacher that was just like, I, you know, I'm, I, I get this kid and I want to kind of... I think that would relate back to my, my teacher, Mrs Tinkler. Um, obviously, I don't think dyslexia was really understood back then, but the report that she gave me, even, I must have been about nine, ten... She said that I'd got common sense, which like is really weird for somebody that age. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, she did say I like to talk a lot, um, and I'd rather talk about things rather than writing yeah. down. Yeah. So that could have been the start of what was going on. But yeah, she was she was just brilliant, great teacher, mm. apart from spelling. But, yeah, yeah. But, and, and you know kids still have to do them Friday spelling tests oh, as well yeah nice. we still get lots of calls about Friday spelling tests um, but that's great that somebody can make an impact like that by just being aware and just being open minded yeah. so when you say I, was, I would prefer to talk about things that's often how dyslexic yes. people um, exhibit their learning or show that they've learned something or express their learning is by you know being able to describe it brilliantly and being brilliant verbally unfortunately we only value what's written down yeah. so we're missing out on all of this wonderful stuff that's happening verbally because we can only measure what we've written down so it's such a shame it is now. it is it's, it's got to be changed because there's more people more children finding out that the the dyslexia is it one in one in ten, ten. One yeah in one in ten yeah, yeah mm -hmm. one in ten so that's quite a high number and 
something should be done. Mm -hmm. But it's always boils down to the same thing. It's money, isn't it? It's just... Yeah, I think as well, though, there are ch changes that can be made and, like, you know, attitude changes and all those things that really don't cost anything. Like, you know, Mrs. Tinkler writing down on your report card that you had common sense. Like, you remember that years and years yeah. afterwards because it was a nice thing that you said yeah, about you. You know, and that doesn't cost anything. And I think looking at kids and saying, like, yeah, they got 5 out of 20 in a spelling test, but they're a really good friend. Yeah. Or they yeah. always stay behind and help me tidy up yes. the desk. Yeah, just or, a positive yeah. note. Or great yeah. telling stories yes. or whatever yes. it might be. Yeah. yeah, and it's just that really nice thing that, you know, you can say to parents and the kids can feel proud of and show their parents that, you know, look, I'm doing really well and teacher said this, mm -hmm. this and this about me. Um, and I think there is a lot that goes into that that really can lift a kid's spirits, um, even if it's not academically being praised but it's just being praised for their personality and how lovely they yeah. are you know for being a human being yeah. yeah i remember reading something recently somebody i don't know who said it but something about i don't really care what grades and stuff my kid gets as long as they're a good human being yeah yes. you know we lose sight sometimes of the importance of just being a decent person yeah. above passing tests and getting grades and caos and, and there's stuff. so much pressure on on children now and, and young adults to to pass their exams and and go off to university it's you know maybe they don't want to maybe they want to go and work somewhere for a year yeah, yeah. experience what work life is really all about mm. and then maybe go to university later I know and like your example of not knowing you know what you were like you're doing one thing and the next thing you're doing a psychology yeah. degree and then you're being a furniture maker and that didn't happen until you were in your 40s yeah, it's, it's, yeah. you don't know at 20 no. what, you are, what you're going to be no. you know that's so. true I'm still waiting to find out what I'm <laughs> going to be when I grow, when you grow up, up. yeah <laughs> really influences me as well is young children when I do my school talks I had one boy who went left the school went to his mum picked him up and his mum actually emailed me and said her son had come out and said oh guess what we've had this lady who's dyslexic and she's written a book he was dyslexic and he said oh she's really inspired me I'm going to write a book Wow. and he uh, that was great and he's actually been sending me drawings Aww. for my sea rabbits as yeah. well so my second book I put them in oh yeah yeah because I, you know he needs encouragement yeah. and he's done an amazing thing and I, I don't want to sound big-headed but if I've inspired him of course he's inspired me yeah. much more yeah. Yes. Yeah. it's like good for you he was 11 12 so yeah that would be his That's story. That's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, yeah. And whenever when he's doing a podcast in a few years, that would be the story oh, he tells yeah. about, you know, and how his illustrations were. Yeah. Exactly. I think with the kids as well, um, when I was designing Dyslexia and Me, I decided to create it because um I think that we have this idea in our heads that maybe if you were diagnosed 20 years ago or 40 years ago or 50 years ago, you know, the things were so much worse and they were awful. And, and, and a lot of the time that is true. But I think sometimes kids are working off very little information about mm. what dyslexia is. So they're experiencing the impact of their dyslexia every day, but they don't have any of the language or information behind that. 
Um, but I like to ask this question. It's not in the hat, so I'm going off road here. <laughs> but I always like to ask this question because I find it very interesting. So I firmly believe that every dyslexic person has a word, like a trigger word that someone has said to them um, that always kind of annoys them or upsets them. So mine was um, that I was careless. So oh, it would be on a lot of my reports. Nice. So that I was careless with something I did. I was making careless mistakes um, things like that, you know, so things that I would really think that I was putting so much attention to detail in and then I would get it back to say like Amy makes careless mistakes, she's not looking at the detail of things, you know, and it would be very upsetting. For some people it's stupid, for some people it's lazy, yeah. you know, those words. Do you have a word that kind of even now kind of get your hackles up a bit? Uh, it's, well, it's actually doesn't pay attention. Okay, yeah. And, and I, I totally get where the teachers were coming from because I would sooner look out of the window than listen to somebody drone on and, you know, write this and read this. So it was more, doesn't pay attention. So, yeah. I do, but yeah, I think that everyone does have that kind of thing that was said to them when they were younger, mm-hmm. where even now, like, obviously, I'm very lucky because careless is not really in the kind of vernacular these days but yeah. I do I, I kind of even if somebody said to me now I'd be like oh I'd twitch my neck <laughs> <laughs> and the glare the look the look, the look yeah, yes. the, yeah the sheer frustration and fury um but yeah it's lovely to see um I suppose we feel very lucky to have you here because it's lovely to have someone who is you know doing such an unusual career um, and such an interesting career as well because as I said before like parents will ring me up and say oh you know she wants to do honours English and I'm not sure if I can let yeah. her and my conversation is like well does she like it is she going to put the work into yeah. it you know and there's no reason for her not to do it but I think sometimes once we have it in our head maybe that oh dyslexic people can't do wordy things that we kind of then try and shield people away yes, from it yeah. yeah yeah that's spot on it's it, it's sort of like i'll use the old-fashioned word it's special needs it's a horrible horrible mm. yeah, word yeah it's like oh, oh no i can't do that and a lot of dyslexia Dyslexians, oh, that's my Dyslexians. new word. Oh, I love that's Dyslexians. Good yeah. yes. <laughs> name, our country. <laughs> they can do anything they want to yeah. if you really want to put your mind yeah. to it. The same as anybody else. It doesn't mean just because you've got this little bit of a problem and it's yeah. a very little bit of a problem, do anything. Yeah, and I think that's like the best bit is that you kind of, you know, you're able to say, like, no, no, go out there and do it. But my thing is as well is that everyone fails at things yeah. everyone fails and I think sometimes like I don't know about you but, but sometimes I when I do something badly or if I fail at doing something I think to myself like oh that's because of my dyslexia yeah. and I've I've done that because I'm not good enough and you know whereas I know other people my friends would attempt the same thing and wouldn't do it and it wouldn't bother them at all oh, because yeah. it doesn't matter to them because you know They're everyone makes mistakes yeah. Yeah. yeah but I think even now I have to catch myself and be like no back up the ladder with you you know kind of so it is lovely to kind of watch people and say like no um you know you can do anything you put your mind to exactly Mm. you you just you want half the battle is you want to do it you've got that ambition the achievement that you want to want to do it so that what does go with that and that is beautiful and true but i suppose what goes with that is getting back to the question about the education system is is that kids and young adults even people in college 
they need support. Yes. They need to be able to know that there's people around them who understand yeah. dyslexia, who know what it means to be dyslexic, and know that what supports can I get you to help you. And we're probably lacking a lot of that, I think, maybe in the education system. When I was doing my psychology course, I told them I was dyslexic, and they went, right, okay, you can have a laptop, you can have somebody come in and, and talk. And I was, ooh, I, it really took me back. And although I should have done it, I actually said, I'm, I want to try it on my own because I don't like 30 odd years doing stuff on my own and inventing stupid tricks and things. <laughs> so I did do it on my own. Um, my husband rang all my, read all my projects and things. So the English was right. Yeah. But it was, it was great that the college had actually. Yeah. said there's this in place or you can do this so a lot of colleges and schools are getting more up to date mm. and pushing yeah pushing ideas out which is good i have to say that i'm very like i think that everyone should take everything that they're being given <laughs> yeah. and i suppose i feel that way because i've had really difficult conversations with people who have gone back to education or kids who are starting college for the first time and they're getting offered all these things and they're like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Yeah. And like I say to them, like I wouldn't take an, a test, I wouldn't take a test without my glasses on because mm-hmm. I need my glasses to be able to complete the test. But my glasses don't give me an advantage over anyone else. Yeah. It just puts me on a level playing field with those people. So I try to kind of get people, but I do think that there is that like gut check almost when you've been doing it all yourself for such a long time that you think, oh, I, I, I'd rather just try and do it my yeah. own way kind of. So it's a difficult line to try to kind of walk. I think as well, it's my sort of personality. I'm so stubborn and I have to prove to myself that I can do these random mm. things. For my 50th, I was actually going to base camp Mount Everest. Wow. Um, because I was doing the psychology course as well, I had to go into a creche to sort of look after the children and make notes about the children. And it was at the time when swine flu came in. Oh. So one of the girls had swine, one of the little girls had swine flu, so I got swine flu, yeah. so I couldn't go. But I thought, do you know what? It, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. yeah. But I'll think of some other random mad idea that I could do. Just my personality, I just have to do these things. I on the other side I know people who suffer from s- severe depression because of dyslexia. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I think I'm extremely lucky yeah uh, and I do really feel for people who who struggle so much it, it must be heartbreaking for them yeah and it's definitely I think that double side to everything I think that sometimes uh, even I, I don't know about you but I, I, I even think that sometimes some days I'm so positive about my dyslexia and it never ever I never have to deal with it but then maybe once or twice a year, I'll try to do something and it won't work and I'll just take a minute yeah. and be like, try to process it. And I think that our dyslexia can tend to mean different things to us at different stages of our lives. Yeah. I, I, I found, I can't remember what I was doing. I, I was filling a form in and whoever was there with, with the form. Yeah. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't read that, I'm dyslexic. And the look I got, like, Oh my god, you know, you, yeah. you're just being lazy. The look was, yeah, you're right. just being yeah, lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, no, mm. dyslexic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult. I think that's what upsets me so much as a non dyslexian. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. So do I. Use it all right the time. Now, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, as a non-dyslexian, I feel like uh, I get so frustrated when people don't get the what they should be getting yes. or the supports or the understanding from a person behind a desk who, you know, that stuff, that's just person to person. If somebody says to you, I can't fill that form out, I'm yeah. dyslexic, your reaction should be, how can I help? Yes. Not looking at you like you're yeah. 10 heads. So I get really frustrated because obviously I know lots of dyslexic people <laughs> um, and I love them dearly and see the struggle on a daily basis. And uh, I get so mad about yeah. that because just give people a break. It's so simple. Yeah. How can I help you? Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't hurt, does it? It's only a couple of minutes to to explain or or even spell a word yeah. or, or just... It's just a bit of empathy. Yes. <laughs> like, it must be awful for you to yeah. have to tell me that, so yeah. I'm going to be nice to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think as well there is a confidence that comes with being able to say, oh, I'm dyslexic, I, I need a hand with this. Um, and I think sometimes that can be very stressful for people who aren't there yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're constantly just so exhausting trying to cover all the time, trying to constantly covering up your mistakes or or in panic that someone's going to find out almost. Um, and I think the relief for me personally anyway, when I can say, oh, I, I don't know how to spell that. Can you spell yeah. that for me? Or could you read that out for me? Or you're going to have to do that again. Or you're going to have to do the writing in the group because um, I'm great at talking, but I can't do the minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And the relief that comes with the confidence of you being able to say to that person, sorry, I can't read that. Yeah, it's, it is. It's I mean, Obviously, I wouldn't have done it years and years ago. Yeah. I, I don't think I would have done it when I did find out either. But now I... I think as I've got older, I, I don't care about what people think or if it embarrasses yeah. me. I, when I'm at the schools, I actually read a chapter, but I give another book to the teacher because I say that I stumble on words or I get word, what I call word blindness, where yeah. I look at a word and just yeah. can't understand yeah. what it... So, so, yeah, so I don't mind making a fool of... Well, you know, just yeah, making you don't a fool mind, of myself. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't care... And I, I do a lot of senior schools as well. Yeah. And, you know, what teenagers, teenagers. are like, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so they're quite shocked that I, I read to them. I mean, I say you're too old for this, but this is yeah. what it feels yeah. like. And they're quite surprised. And I do get a lot of them come up afterwards and say, I, you know, I'm dyslexic and I think you did marvellous to, yeah. to actually read out mm. aloud. But yeah. I, I just want to show... How difficult it is, really. That's that's the main aim mm. of, of the talks and yeah. going around to the schools. But you're having a it's a double kind of outcome because you're showing how difficult it is, but you're also showing those kids who might be dyslexic yeah. and terrified. Well, it might be difficult, but I can do it. Yeah. Yes. Like if she's up there doing that, and she's yeah. reading that piece, and she's made three mistakes, <laughs> and she hasn't, you know, yeah, she hasn't even flinched. Yeah. Like that, that's powerful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I. I make a mistake and I just go oh sorry and mm. the teacher will jump in or yeah you so, keep going yeah you just keep stop. going then yeah so I actually I read one of the chapters and I missed a whole page out <laughs> I, I, I didn't even <laughs> know didn't just didn't know. Yeah. but I think now because I'm reading it so often I'm starting to remember yeah, starting to, I'll have to read a different chapter now just to, <laughs> yeah just, to get the same yeah, effect yeah <laughs> Well, Pip, this has been a lovely way to spend an afternoon, I have to say. Um, and I am absolutely delighted, really, that, you know, other dyslexic people are getting to hear from you. I know that um, it's been 
really lovely to have someone with such a fabulously unusual uh, career <laughs> in just speak to us. We're just delighted to have you. Thank yeah. you so, so much. much. Um, thank you for inviting me. I'm very humbled to, uh, to have done this, so thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm also delighted to know that you are going out there and raising awareness mm -hmm. because there's only so much we can do. Yeah. So knowing there's somebody else out there doing that, it's yeah. just brilliant. Fighting the good fight. Fighting the good fight, yeah. I would like to, well, you can edit this out or no? not, I, I find it quite difficult to get by some of the receptionists in the, in the school. Mm. So, you yeah. know, if there's any teachers out there who'd like me to come along, just uh, email me. And I don't charge anything. I do... Self on myself. So. Do you want to say your uh, email address for us, Pip? Because I imagine you're going to be inundated. <laughs> yeah, it's pipcar2, the number two, at gmail.com. Or you can have a look at thecrabbits.com. That's my website. We'll link that when we're putting up Thank the podcast, you. but I'm sure you'll be inundated because I do know that kind of it's something that would be really interesting for a lot of schools out there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks.